0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Reconnect My Heart radio program, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or to our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Trader. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516 453 Nine one one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one, one eight. You can listen online at com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go onto our chat room, which is available right now, which is on our website. You can ask questions. Comments, or if you want to leave your prayer request, you're welcome to do so. I would like to say a huge hello, 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 to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, while senior pastor Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one. Who are listening to this show, and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Question. Question. <clears throat> Do you find yourself always overspending? Are you in need of a budget or financial advice? Many people always mismanage the money they have, and they become enslaved with money, especially during the holidays.
2: On today's show, we
1: are going to have financial experts and authors Mr. Bradley, and his wife, Miss Bonita Benson, here on the show today to inform you on how to manage your money, give you their personal testimony on breaking free from debt, and also to answer your questions and much, much more in a way that may help you with financial situations that you may be in. And today's topic is entitled, Master Your Money. So without further ado, I would like to welcome each and every one, Mr. and Mrs. Bradley and Bonita Vincent on the show today. How y'all doing today?
3: Doing good, doing good. How you doing? I'm doing well,
1: doing well. I want to thank you all for uh, spending time with us on today, and we're just going to go straight into the show because many people may have questions and sometimes you know, talking about finances you know, that's a very touchy subject to some people but in order for us to be helped we have to be transparent and some of us regardless where we're saved and how long we've been going to church some of us are bad managers or bad stewards with our finances so First, how about if you don't mind, if you all can tell me a little bit about yourself?
3: Okay, well, we're Bradley and Bonita Vincent. We've been married 19 years, going on uh, the 20 years next June. And um, you know, this financial thing was pretty much put on our heart from the turmoil that we had uh, dealing with our finances from. Even before we were married, both of us had our own financial issues, our own financial hang-ups, and then you get two people with financial hang-ups getting married, you just have financial hang-ups in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we dealt with that struggle for a while, and uh, we did some things to break free of that, which we'll talk about a little bit later in our testimony. Um, and, but as we went through that process of getting right with God's finances and God's resources, we wanted to uh, help other people do the same thing and that's where our ministry started and our business started, your personal economy. And my wife can give you a little bit more on, on that. Well,
4: um, you mentioned that um, people probably have struggled with finances, and that's certainly the boat we were we found ourselves in. And we were not doing well financially. We were not doing well in our marriage. We were pretty much hanging by thread um, on all fronts because we didn't know what to do or how to do it. And God placed people in our lives and uh, a, a, a course in our lives that helped change the trajectory of our future, not just our future, our family's future, our community's future. And so, you know, when you look back, if you just rewind just a little over a decade ago, 12 13 years ago, uh, really at the start of our marriage, 19 years ago, but it got worse. We were in heavily steeped in debt. We had all the debt you could think of, the student loans, we had credit cards, we had store cards, we owed and borrowed from, you know, Robin, Peter to pay Paul, and it was just a sad sad story and but our hearts were that we needed to do something about it because we weren't free. We weren't free to worship God the way that He intended us to worship Him. We weren't free to serve God the way that He wanted us to serve Him because we were we found ourselves in the bondage of debt and in that whole cycle of debt, that whole lifestyle. We're not going to do better because, you know, the struggle is real and we're supposed to struggle, right? Well, that's wrong. It's a lie and we don't have to live that way. So, our story starts with when we woke up, starts with us us recognizing we had about $60,000 worth of consumer debt and that did not include the home mortgage. And we had to struggle our way out of it, we had to make a lot of sacrifices we went through a course and a year later after the course we were completely debt free including the, the home and that's God math because we still are trying to calculate that how that happened 10 years ago and it just doesn't add up but it's God math
2: hmm.
1: Hmm. Wow. let me ask you this what do you think one of the areas that traps us or what are the beginning stage is that trap us financially? I
4: mean, no, of,
3: I'll, I'll, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead.
4: Go ahead. No,
3: go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, out, outside of, uh, I mean, the spiritual deficiencies are its own thing. Let's we'll put that on to the side for a second. Uh, but one of the things that really traps us is in a practical sense, this, I got to have it now attitude with everything. Um, People just don't like to save and to get what they want and delayed gratification. They want everything now. And what helps you get that credit? And so uh, people decide to, you know, um, chase credit scores and chase the things where they think that a better score means a better lifestyle. And it's an easy way to get something now and pay for it later and pay for it continuously over and over and over again in many cases. And so uh, essentially, you know, it's it's our generation, the generations that followed us that wants what our parents have without working for extended periods of time and saving for extended periods of time to get it. Um, I mean, to be bluntly honest with you, I mean, we were signing a mortgage for our new house before we were signing our wedding license, you know? Uh, we, I mean, we were fully intent on getting married, you know, So, but we were out house hunting, uh, before we got married, you know, um, and could we really afford that? I mean, looking back on it now, probably not. We could afford the house note, but, and we tell people now we, we spent many years with paper blinds in the windows because we couldn't afford to furnish the house and do things for the house, but we could afford to pay the house note, you know, so we were, you know, going after stuff that we really were not ready for. Because, you know, my mom and dad had a house. And so, you know, it's like, hey, we're supposed to have a house, you know. You know, people that have good jobs shouldn't live in apartments. You know, it's all this lifestyle stuff that you chase instead of doing what's reasonable for you.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I, I like you said that uh, what's reasonable to you, because I think a lot of times we, um, how they say, sometimes we may try to be like the Joneses, whatever. But we live on the Jacksons' income. (laughs)
2: You know,
3: that's a good one. um, Hmm. About the scale, that one—that's a good one. You know,
2: um,
1: personally, I've heard so many people say, especially uh, with couples, they talk about, "Well, you know, um, we're gonna we live in an apartment, but we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna strive to get a house because some people see that." you know, living in an apartment and nothing against those to living in an apartment, you know, but a lot of time people just look at well, you know, I don't wanna be spending, spending, spending and not owning this but in fact they can't afford a house.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, right. Well mm-hmm. and that's a misconception because, because you're paying a house note don't mean you own a house either.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You you you're paying a bank and typically the mortgage is 30 years and there's very few people that I know in my generation that stays in their house for 30 years. So essentially you're paying a house note for however many years you stay in the house until you move and you don't own it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, is you deciding who are you going to pay? So you're going to pay a landlord or whoever owns the, the, uh, uh, not hotel, the apartment complex or you're going to pay a bank for a house that you never owned. You see what I'm saying? And so it's like, but that that's just how people throw stuff out there at you. Oh, well, you know, uh, you, you wasted money. Because I mean, a lot of us, and I mean, this is going on a little bit of a tangent, but a lot of us, all of our wealth is tied up in our homes. And so, you know, you get building that equity or whatever else, but then when we had our housing crisis and people mm-hmm. were losing their homes, you know, you had especially the minority community, because basically all of our wealth is in our homes. And so you had people losing their homes and pretty much losing everything because they never saved, they never invested, they never did nothing. And so when the housing bubble burst, because you had people buying homes, and I'm using air quotes on buying, buying homes that they really couldn't afford, that they were really strapped and really couldn't pay the house note. So when these Balloon payments come due And they can't afford them They lose their home And lose all their wealth You know And so You know We have to stop letting Banks and credit unions Tell us What living good is Because they have an agenda For your money Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. Now Let me ask you this Uh, I'll ask Two questions And you can just uh, You all can just Have at it Number one, when is the appropriate time to start saving? And then also, what if I'm living from check to check already?
3: Can I afford
1: to save? Okay.
3: Uh, as far as saving, you remember that old adage or the whatever they call it, uh, when is the best time to plant a tree? <laughs> you know, 10 years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. And if,
3: if it's not 10 years ago, it's today. And so, you know, that's the best time it was to save. You should have been saving by now. But if you're not, now is a great time. Um, the the other thing about, you know, how can I save if I'm living paycheck to paycheck? That's basically, I'll flip that question right back on the person. How can you save if you live a paycheck to paycheck? You can't. So you need to figure out one of two things, a way to increase your income or decrease your expenditures. there's nothing wrong with an extra job there's nothing wrong with selling some stuff I mean because okay you might be underemployed but get you another job where you're underemployed at you know you can't be too proud to struggle some to win later because if you're already struggling you might as well struggle for a purpose but you got to get some traction with your finances Hmm. Yeah. We um
4: we have coached families who uh run the gamut, the whole spectrum from millionaires to no heirs, uh, from that uh millionaire family to that elderly person on a fixed income. And, you know, part of what we've seen God do is is show us that it doesn't matter how many zeros are at the end of your your bank account. It doesn't matter. What matters is your behavior with whatever you do have. And those people, I remember hearing from this elderly woman who we coached, and within six months she was so excited that she took the principles that we uh, shared with her and applied them to her to her finances, to her whole life. And she began to see a change on that fixed income when she identified the behaviors that were hindering her from winning financially. No, she didn't wake up the next day and win the lotto or God didn't drop a million dollars out of the sky, but she was able to identify where she was spending too much, where she was uh, spending impulsively, just on a whim where her mind was in terms of what she felt like she had to have and what she really needed and then began to let that be the overlay on where every dollar that she brought in went to and what purpose it served in her life that was the win the same thing happened to the millionaire and so yes there's more zeros there but you see it didn't matter it was what is the behavior that I have that is hindering me from succeeding Being successful financially We all can do it The the key is Live on way less than you make And yes for me That took two, I'm going to just put it out there For me in my life When I looked at that It took me and I didn't have a timeline on it But it took me two years Of staying out of the stores Buying stuff I didn't need And when I did that was able to apply that same money that would have went to that one-day sale and all those other ones and apply it to the debt that was keeping me bound. And so we are excited to share that God has an answer. He's always had an answer, and that is be in debt to no one. And so we, it's, everyone has the answer. It's free, <laughs> and we can all do it.
2: Right. Hmm. Hmm. yeah,
3: financial attitude. No,
2: go
3: ahead. Go ahead. I don't mean no. No. No, Yeah, I mean uh, financial attitude does mean a lot. Like my wife was saying, and it it blows my mind how people just think more money will fix my problem. It's no. What are you doing with what you have to fix your problem? God has principles, and God has an order to do things and If we just start applying His rules to his stuff, you get the success that He promises
1: you know that that's that's so important, and I appreciate y'all you know saying that you know I think a lot of times we we overlook not so much the money, but we overlook, like you said, the mindset or how we manage the money. And sometimes some people get that, that pulse rate going when they see a sale, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I heard someone say this, you know, because a lot of times you know you have the money in your pocket. And some people, they carry all their money in their pocket. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes when a person can't really control themselves, it's best to not even take all that money and uh, bring it with you. It's not even best to even take it out with you. Sometimes it's best to hide it somewhere. And uh, I heard someone say, if you don't carry your money with you, and if you see something that you want, by the time you
3: go back home,
1: realize, is it worth going back up there to get it?
3: And probably in a lot of cases, that answer is no. Right, right. But the thing about it, when you say people uh, don't manage their money well, I, I would say people don't manage their money, period. That's the problem uh, because either you're going to manage it or you're not. Uh, there's not necessarily managing it well because if you're not managing it well, pretty much your money is probably managing you or your mm-hmm. debt is managing you, uh, you're going from crisis to crisis. Oh, i got a flat tire. What am I going to do? Charge it. Where if you would have saved some money, that flat tire would just be a flat tire. You know, the washing machine, the Maytag stops tagging, You panic. You fix it on credit. But if you had saved some money ahead of time, oh, we just fix the washing machine or buy a new washing machine. But you, would, you wouldn't imagine, because like my wife said, we coached a lot of people. You wouldn't imagine how many, we call it the emergency fund or a rainy day fund, how many rainy day funds are in a snack machine at people's job. or at that gas station that they stop by on their way to work every day or at the weekend sales, that one-day sale that's always a going-out-of-business sale every month and that business <laughs> never goes out of business but you always that, up in there, right? And the what bay?
4: In the nail shop.
3: Right. Right. And uh, I have to go wash my car every three days, and you got a water hose and soap at home, you know, so you, you go pay, you know, 20 bucks, it'll get your car washing the machine. You know, so it's like what, and people don't, you know, and people are uh uh turn their face all crooked at us when we say, you know, the snack machine is eating your retirement. And they're like, ah, oh, that's 50 cent at a time. That's a dollar at a time. I said, yeah, but all that adds up, you know, that I got to get my nails done twice a week. That adds up. I got to get my car washed three times a week. That adds up. But we tell people also, you have to determine what you're willing to sacrifice. We can't make you sacrifice nothing. You got to figure out what you're willing to do to win. You know, we did things that other people might not be willing to do. You know, we took two or three extra jobs. My wife stopped getting her hair and nails done. Uh, we stopped going out to eat. We turned off cable. You know, everybody ain't willing to do that. But we don't tell folks this is what you must do. You got to find, you got to get to a point where I would rather hurt by not watching ESPN than hurt not having a house <laughs> or mm-hmm. hurt having having debt for the next twenty years. ESP I can always go back and resubscribe to my cable when I'm debt free. But if I'm mm-hmm. gonna pay the cable company two hundred and something dollars a month so I can sit in the house and watch movies and I'm wondering why I'm always fifty dollars short every month, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, that's behavior. Hmm. You wouldn't imagine yeah. I mean and you think it's funny now And it sounds like common sense But you would not imagine How many people we've sat in the room with That's always a little short We say hey how much is your cable bill They're like what They don't think about it It's just something that's normal to them Well how much is your cell phone bill You know uh, What's your gym membership cost That you don't never go to You know but they're always A little short but you're you giving away $400 a month on stuff that you don't need, but you're always $100 short, you know? It it reminds
4: me of um, uh, one church that we were um, doing a seminar at, and we surveyed the participants that came to the, the workshop that day about their consumer debt. Now, not even their uh, mortgages, just the consumer debt. And in that room of, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 people, there
5: were $2
4: million worth of consumer debt
5: that was had
4: owed by the people in that room. And that's just a few people. That wasn't even the whole
3: church membership. Right. Why is that? Right, right. And that's the assumption that people were telling the truth.
2: Because usually, right. if
3: somebody you ask somebody how much they owe, they're gonna lowball you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They ain't gonna tell you everything they owe. They're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I do have that car." How you forget you paying a car note? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but pe- but people usually don't tell you everything they owe, and that was mm-hmm. still two million dollars. It's crazy, and not one house is listed in that. This is cars. Uh, furniture, you know, just stuff you paying notes on. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy.
1: You know, um, I work down there at the jail at uh, Luceric, and I, I remember talking to some inmates a couple of,
2: mm,
1: I'll say throughout the years because it happened on more than one occasion. And I know there are some people that, that would do it, that's not even incarcerated, but it kind of opened up my eyes when I was talking to this inmate, and he said he smoked about two or three packs of cigarettes a day. Ooh, yep. But when I began to add it up and somehow or another, somebody asked him about how much money he have in his bank or in his bank account or whatever about like that and how much he pays for cigarettes for a month was hmm. more than how much he had in his bank
3: account. So now he's in debt to the jail that he's in.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And and they, they kind of made me check myself because a lot of times we have habits that we really can't afford. Right. You know, um, and I'll be, first of all, I'll be very, very much frank with you. There have been many times I had to repent because I've mismanaged, i misused, I wasted, just point blank, I wasted a lot of money. Now, I love I love coupons and, and all those things, but then there are those other things that you kind of feel like, well, you know what, it ain't no harm. i go ahead and pay a splurge a little bit, but sometimes that splurging, if it don't catch you, That day on down the road, when you really, really, really need that money or want that money, it ain't there.
3: That's right. Right, because we tell folks every dollar can only be spent one time. Now, you can make another dollar, but that dollar can only be spent one time. So it's an opportunity cost. You can spend that $1 on a pack of gum. Or you could put that dollar toward a dinner. You can't spend it twice. Mm -hmm. And So even even the money that you spend well, because there's things in our home that we enjoy, you know, that we paid cash for. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: And, you know, like like the couch, I'm looking at the couch in my living room right now. That's a real nice couch, okay? We spent cash for it. But the money we spent for that couch, we can't spend that money on nothing else. Now that money could have went in our retirement plan. That money could have went as part of our vacation money. But instead, we sit on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. even the stuff that you even the stuff that you buy, that's worth it, or you enjoy, or whatever else, good, bad, or indifferent, that dollar going to be spent one time. I can't go cruising on my couch. That money's spent. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like. So we don't tell people, don't spend no money, don't spend this. We just want everybody to know every right. dollar should have a name. And once you put that name on it, that's the name of it, and it's gone. And so we decide to you know, cut a nice check to charity. That's a good cause, but I can't go cruising on that money. That money doesn't go on to the charity. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, okay. I, I enjoy giving, but I enjoy going on a cruise too. And so, but what I, once we put the name of that charity on that check, that's where them dollars are going. That we can make some more dollars, but them dollars are spent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know. And, and so, just, if and it's not, clarify, yeah, go ahead. Just to
4: clarify, uh, when you speak of giving to charities, that's separate from our
3: tithing. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's over and above what we give to our church. And uh. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, But it's a mindset uh, Because The the same God math That got us out of debt We use that God math For whatever wealth or whatever you want to call it That we're building We still give We gave out an unemployment check And so now that we have good checks From our employment and our businesses We're going to give out of that too You know it, it doesn't change The habit has to be there uh, And take you kind of sec- secular a little bit when You know when people say this to couples, what it took to get them is what it's going to take to keep them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you, you, still, you still got to date your wife. You still got to buy flowers every now and then. You still got to talk sweet to her. You know, and so it's the same thing with your finances. Whatever it took to get you debt-free, that's, what it's, that's the habit you got to keep, to keep rolling in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, what it took to get there, you still got to keep. Now, the sacrifice is not as hard. We don't have to eat beans or rice every night now. But it ain't nothing wrong with being in life.
2: Mm-hmm. You see what
3: I'm saying? Just because we're debt free. And so it's that kind of thing. And, and um, I mean, if money's just money. It's just a tool. And you can use it to build something beautiful, which is, you know, building God's kingdom and turning those resources back over to him and helping people grow and transform people's lives. Or you can build a mess. You can have a great credit score and a bunch of debt. You know
2: mm.
3: And so What you decide to build With with that tool Is up to you But that's all it is Money money's nothing special Now we need it On this earth To function Because that's how This earth is built You need finances To do stuff But I mean It's not our God We don't worship it It's just another thing You know It's just a different Type of tool Than a screwdriver Or a hammer You know mm. So what you're going to Build with it Is up to you God gives you that Freedom to do that So try to build something beautiful with it. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Like that. Yeah. Now ask this. Now when it boiled down to it, when you were paying that last bill, that last let's say that last payment to get out of debt, can you describe that feeling?
3: Well, I think the last thing we finally paid off was Sally Mae, right? Was it Sally Mae? Some student loan stuff. Yeah, and um, it was kind of a countdown. We had paid off some other stuff. We had a little furniture we had to pay off, and we had -hmm. knocked that out. And we had a car note that we had knocked out. And yeah, man, but uh, when it got down, and and, and it was Sally Mae when she got her last check, we call you know, it's her (laughs) Sally (laughs) Mae. So yeah, when, when Sally Mae got her last check, man, it was just kind of a. It was weird, cause you didn't have to pay no no checks out to nobody, and our next paycheck that came in was ours. <laughs> it was just kind of weird. Uh, I honestly don't remember what that feeling was, but I, I'm sure it had to be some kind of, kind of you know euphoric, like we don't have to I, cut nobody no checks anymore. I
4: distinctly remember.
3: What that was like. In fact,
4: <laughs> South May had a had a room in our house. She had it decked out. I mean, she had her pillows, nice comforter, nice fluffy bed. She had her slippers in the room. We owed her so much money. She literally had a room in our house. And so <laughs> when we kicked her out of the house, her and all her other debt friends, I, it was It was a hallelujah day we The house was back to to being ours, and we didn't have any uh squatter <laughs> Taking no up in our house. that's uh, right so that we had um, to pay that's right it was it was so liberating to know that once we once that check was received and they declared the debt uh, the debt is nothing more owed on the debt, that debt we could pay. You know, there's a debt that we we cannot pay. So Mm -hmm. it was just so liberating. And then so our mindset was, okay, now we'll be about the Father's business in a whole different way. It was so freeing. There's
3: nothing like it. I mean, it's, it's cool to... And I remember we'd, we've done this a few times. We hadn't done it a lot, but we've done it a few times where, you know, uh, I remember distinctly we were sitting at church and from a, I think it was from a class. We took this over here on a radio show, and the guy on the radio mentioned, he said, if you go out to eat on a holiday, and those people that are working in the restaurants, like on Thanksgiving Day and on Easter and on Christmas Day, those people got to work. You know what I mean? For you to be working on Christmas Day, you got to work. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you can do something to bless those folks, do it. And uh, I remember distinctly, we were leaving church one day, and we had decided, it's like, you know what, we 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 I mean we ain't going to buy nobody no house or nothing, but we're going to do something nice for whoever our waitress or waiter is today. And uh, we happened to go to the Waffle House or something like that, and we prayed that God would put the bring the right person to be all waiter or waitress that day. And so we go in and we met this single mom. She was all waitress that day. And uh, she, she saw that we were dressed kind of nice. She said, oh, you guys went to church? They say yeah, we went to church. And how was it? And we told her a little bit about the sermon. She said, oh, I, I wish I could go to church, but, you know, I'm working here on Sundays. And, you know, she gave us a little bit of her, you know, just small talk. And we said, she's the one. And so, you know, we didn't hang around to see, you know, what she said or what kind of expression was on her face, nothing like that, because that wasn't the real purpose of it. But, uh, you know, she brought us our check, and we paid the bill and, you know, left something real nice and let, left her a card about our church and maybe she might be off one Sunday and she can drop by the church. Uh, but it was like you can do stuff like that if I'm not sending Sally Mae a $1,000 check every month. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm not sending General Motors a $500 check every month. You can do stuff like that, you know. And also if, you know, you got your emergency fund set up and you're already saving some, you know, because and uh, because we've met some people that kind of are spiritually uh, financially broke. Well, you know, they just have the spirit of giving, but they stay broke all the time. And I honestly don't think that's biblical either. You know, God, needs you need to take care of your own house, not be extravagant, but take care of your own house. And then bless other people from your access. So, uh, so some people try to over spiritualize why they like being broke, but uh, I forgive that tangent. Yeah, but it's like, but when you when you become debt free, you can really do things and start using that money as a tool to help transform people's lives and help bring some people hope and really participate in, in building the kingdom with funds. You know, uh, yes, you can work and volunteer your time and serve in the community. That's all well and good, and I'm not going to minimize that. But being able to cut a check every now and then is not bad either, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Hmm. And there's and, no reason and you, know, you can't if you try to do your financial, you know, if you handle your finances right.
1: Mhm. And you know what? I'm so glad you pointed out that sometimes some people, they, quote, unquote, Against the terminology is, I don't want to say over-spiritualizing, but they don't use wisdom a lot of times because they're going on their emotions, but they're not going what God's directions are,
3: you know.
1: But so uh, right. I'm glad you brought
3: it out. And Because, you know, we've met those people, and they're lovely people, and we mm-hmm. love them, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's almost like the thing about when you're in an airplane and the oxygen mass Drops now, They tell you Put on your mask first Before you try to help Anybody else And so If I'm always Trying to help Everybody Now Well Say I'm in a different Financial position Than we are right now And we're mm-hmm. struggling Financially And every time Somebody in the church Has a hardship I'm jumping in Cutting them a check At some point They're going to be homeless And I'm going to be homeless too Because I ain't paying My house notes And mm-hmm. Where God has brought you an income To manage properly You don't always have to give To you Don't have nothing but lint in your pockets And you can't take care of, now, now you've got to ask somebody to take care of you You know and I'm not talking about Being extravagant and stuff like that I'm just mm-hmm. saying taking care of yourself And there's nothing wrong with sacrificial giving But You know You need to take care of your own, Take care of your house you know, because God says the man that doesn't need to take care of his own house is worse than a non-believer. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't over-spiritualize it all. We're trying to take care of everybody else's house, and you ain't taking care of your own. You know? Now, you ain't got to have a $300 cable bill and a $400 phone bill and an $800 car lease. You don't need all that. You know? But... If you got all that, that's a whole different problem. But if you got all that and you're still trying to help everybody else, and you short every month, that ain't spiritual. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's how I feel.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. What I'm gonna do. I have someone on the line right now. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to them on the line. Cool. Okay. Come there right there. Okay. Welcome to Rick My Radio Program. You're on the air with Mr. and Mrs.
0: Vincent. You said Benton. Mr. and Mrs.? Vincent. Hello, how are you guys doing? We're doing how great. Are how are you doing
3: tonight?
0: I'm doing good. So, um, I have been listening. You guys have been saying a lot of great information because I'm definitely one of those who always say it over the years. Um that it's important to have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And I'm still saying that, and I don't have an emergency fund yet. (laughs) And um, I find find out that, you know, um, even with me, I don't have much, but even when I do start making a little bit more or even getting a second job, I'm still finding myself in debt. And Mm -hmm. I don't have much to show for it. Um, I can sit down and budget, and I did budget one time, and I did find out that I had like I came up to almost four hundred something dollars in miscellaneous stuff, money that I can account for. But then when mm-hmm. I look around, I'm like, there's not much that I have. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing to show for that money, unless it's right. and that's not including the fast food because I I did the budget for the fast food. And so, um, how how do how will one go about that? Like actually, just. It, I know it has to be something that you're determined to do, but what's mm-hmm. the proper way of trying to budget money? I mean, because when I say I literally doesn't, I don't have a lot of expensive, expensive. I do have a student loan that I, you know, I'm gonna start paying on, but I need to figure out how I'm going to start doing this to where I can actually save for emergency fund and not find myself, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If that makes any sense. Right.
3: Yes, it does
0: yeah
4: so there's a there's a couple of strategies that I um think of as I listen to your story, which was is not all that different from my story you know I said we said that we've been married for twenty years, but before um before I married Bradley, I was you know a single mom with two kids and wasn't didn't really know how to do it well at all and didn't have much income. I remember looking at my one day when I sat down with a plain piece of paper and a pencil and I started listing my, what I owe, what I definitely owed somebody every month. And I listed that and I listed my income and it didn't add up. It was definitely in, in the red. I also looked at my checkbook, um, Statement and noticed that That was In the red too And one of the, the best To me the best strategy was To take a look at around me. In every closet In the garage well, I did have a garage then But in, in the car Under the seat Everywhere that I could think of Of something I could sell Something I could sell So that I could get above The, the red um In my checkbook and in you know what I owed every month i c- you know i cut i went down to bare bones went down to bare bones and this by this time we're married now, and we got two two paychecks but twice as much debt so we 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 cut everything we could that was not necessary, knowing it was only going to be for a season, and um was able to slowly, very slowly, climb out of the, the red. And I mean, it. I, I would have like $15 left over every month for a long time. And, um, you know, we were, you know, of course, still struggling. Some people call it paycheck to paycheck, but it got serious when I knew I was doing things um, to sacrifice, to win. Um, and it just, it took a long time. Uh, And that was before we took the course, and the course just kind of sped everything up. So uh, without that guidance, we would have probably still be trying to, you know, $15 in the black instead of um, in a different position. So I would say if you can find something to sell, anything you can sell, if there's any way you can get more income, Doing anything whatever it is that obviously legally, whatever you can do to scrape up some more funds here and there and put that money away, you have to have your emergency fund, you have to have five hundred to a thousand dollars in some bank account somewhere for emergencies only and and leave it there, be committed to leaving it there, and then that will help you when you start tackling your bills and the things that you owe starting with the smallest amount. Whatever the smallest amount is, then do that. Um, get rid of that first. Put everything you can on that. And then get to the next one and the next one. So it doesn't yeah. doesn't really happen overnight. It takes a while, it takes a lot of commitment. And yeah, it and so you have
0: yeah. go ahead. No, I was saying <clears throat> the patient taking it you know, because a lot of times when we see something and we try to fix it, we want a quick, we want it to be fixed quickly. And right. I think we get we run out of patience and we start. Right. And I think that's I start something and then I never finish it through when I realize it's not happening. I'm not seeing a change right over, like mm-hmm. overnight. You know, because mm-hmm. um, when I look at something, I look at it from the beginning to the end. I don't look at the process that it's going to take me to get to, you know, the next step. Right. Right. Um, and I left something major out. You know, I, I had been married for 17 years, so I had a double income. I mean, it was uh-huh. two of us. And even then, we, you know, we were given a lot, too. And that was one thing mm-hmm. that I listened, I heard that you said that, you know, we were always giving and giving. We were never really taking care of home. So we would find ourselves in debt. And it caused a mm-hmm. strain, you know, a strain on American stuff, always, you know, losing our place where we were staying or not having this or having that and watching other people have it, but we were always giving, feeling like, because, you know, a lot of times people take that scripture, you know, they feel like, okay, you're trying to serve God and you're Christian and you have to give, 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 give. And, you know, if somebody asks you for something and even, you know, and when you have the money, you know, you know, it was always made to feel like, well, I don't want to lie about it. I mean, I got this money, but um, really in, in reality, We had the money, but we didn't because it wasn't for that purpose. It was actually for a bill or something at the house. And, you know, and so now that I'm separated, now it's Mm -hmm. just, I think that's another thing because it's not two incomes. It's just my income, and I I really need to, you know, it gets stressful not having enough. So I really appreciate you telling me that. Mm -hmm. I just need to sit down, Mm reevaluate, see what I can, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely my phone bill, my phone bill is almost, Like three hundred dollars a month. Set that down. But that's you know.
4: There you are. You've already identified something that you can you can cut because we can we can live off a lot less than than is the media would require of us, you know, and this society Mm. would require of us. And so it's just being committed to God and to yourself, to your family, and then. Um, everybody else will be all right. And if you say no, I promise you they'll be all right. They, there's many people we've told no over the years, and for good reason, because we didn't want to be part of their um, habit, part of their addiction of borrowing money or needing money, and $50 short. And you know what? Every one of them found a way <laughs> without with You know, without, and there were some that we prayed over, and God said, "Do it, and don't loan it to him, to them, give it to them and so you know there's a balance it's not we're not like just sitting- sit, sitting back, raking in the dough and telling everybody to go away, but God gives us wisdom, certainly, and the best thing we can do to help someone is to show them how to do better with their finances so they never have to ask anybody else for anything except
0: Thank, God. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank yes, you both ma'am. so much. Yeah, thank you
3: for calling because it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to talk about something that's personal as finances, so appreciate your call. yes. yes.
1: And I, I do think, you you know, a lot of time when we listen to other people's situation, you know, we may not be in the exact thing that they were in, but the same principles pretty much we've all have been in. So the answers that she received not just apply to her, but even I know it definitely applies to me too. You know, um, I remember my daddy saying this as a kid, when I was a kid, my daddy would say, save a dry stick for a wet day.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, he, he's from
3: Mississippi. That's country right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm
1: sorry. He's from yeah. Mississippi. Mississippi. There you
2: go.
1: <laughs> so, so him saying that, it didn't make sense in the beginning. But when I became an adult and especially became a parent and everything, it made me see the importance of man. I should have started saving my money when I started working, you know, and I know you can't cry over a spill, but it makes me more responsible for right now, for this moment.
3: Hmm. Right. Because, uh, you know, the younger you are, the better. We love young couples. We love young couples because those are the people that could be ahead of where we are if they start now. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so we love we love seeing young couples, but there's a lot of people our age and older that need help too. And because uh, we've met people that are coming up on retirement, that have asked us how should they invest. And I'm like, hold on, <laughs> mm-hmm. investing is for young folks. I, I said, you got a whole different mindset now. You're about to retire. You don't mm-hmm. have time to build a lot of money. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you you got to figure out other things to do to try to stabilize your income and stabilize what your legacy is going to be. And so, you know, no matter where you are in the timeline or where you are in the process of being in control of your money, you know, yes, there's individual stories, but the timeline is the timeline and money is money. And so you just have to figure out, you know, where you fit and how and how to manage it for where you are in your life right now.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: See what we got someone that's wanna come on and chime in and speak with you all. I'm gonna come mm-hmm. on right now. Welcome to Rican in My Heart Radio Program. You on the air?
5: Hi. Hello, Hello. there. How um, you doing? I'm good, I'm doing really good. How are you?
1: Doing, doing well, I'm doing well. We well. on the air with Mr. and Mrs. Vincent.
5: Hi. <laughs> um, I was calling. Hi, I was calling because um, I'm just getting out of high school and I'm into my college phase, and mm-hmm. you know, college can uh-huh. be expensive. Right. And uh, I actually um, I didn't get a student loan this year because I got financial aid, and somebody mm-hmm. actually told me not to get one, and just try not try to avoid it. And I kind of mm-hmm. understand that because, you know, that, that lives with you. But do you mm-hmm. – can you give me, like, an amount where I can start saving at right now so I will know for, like, my future college years?
3: So an, an amount that will let you pay for college, you mean? Yes, sir. Yeah, now, um, my wife I have a unique uh, position on that because she, she deals with a lot of college students, but um, – college tuition from university to university is going to vary a lot. Um, Yeah. But uh, some things that you can try is, I mean, put back whatever you can, whatever excess you have, put that back for sure. But then, you know, are you willing to work your way through school? Uh, Are you willing to, you know, depending on what college you go to, save up, pay a semester, go a semester. And while you're going that semester, you're saving for the next semester.
0: And not necessarily, Mm -hmm. you don't have
3: to save up all your college tuition, but kind of work on it as a pay-as-you-go. Actually, I I did that for my master's degree, Uh, but the college had a special thing where it was, um, what was it, interest-free. So if tuition was X, that's all they were going to charge me was X. But then... I paid, and at the end of the semester, I paid whatever X was. I didn't owe them nothing, and I made it through a semester of school. Then I did the next semester the same way. It's going to cost me X, and X equals you pay me $300, $375 a month. Okay, so i got to figure out how to make $375 a month. So extra job or whatever else, I paid them $375 a month. At the end of that semester, the semester was paid for. And so there's ways to do it. Um, now I don't know what college you're going to. You going to a state school or private school or?
5: Um, no um, so I started off at a community college. Mhm. Uh
3: huh. Have a unique position on that too. Yeah, yeah, my wife can tell you a lot about that too. Uh, she has a PhD now. She started off at a community college, so she really uh, praises community colleges for what they offer. So, but I'll let her chime in because she knows more about the whole college thing than I do. So.
4: Where are you in your course of study? Are you a freshman, sophomore?
5: A freshman.
4: Okay, so first year, and you're at community college, yay. (laughs) 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 Especially if you want to save money. I'm not mad at four-year colleges. I work at one. But um, when finances are a consideration, I always get – college students to consider the two-year institutions. You know, that that uh, English, that A, you're going to make in English at the two-year, is going to transfer right on over to the four-year and cost you mm-hmm. a penny, you know, in comparison. So I think it's very smart of you to be doing what you're doing and, and get uh, your full, you know, 48 hours if you can uh, stay there that long and just pay pennies for those courses. So that when you transfer to um, whatever institution you're interested in, you will have had the opportunity to be saving up along the way. And I think your question is how much it might cost you at the four-year institution. Okay. It's going to vary vary by institution. And it's real easy to find that out by contacting uh, the admissions office or just mm-hmm. looking on their, their website for how much that would be per semester, um, usually they're, they're um, including the cost for living on campus and having room and board and all of that. Um, and if that's, of course, that's going to cost. And if you choose to you know, live at home or off campus, then the cost might be a little different. But contact the admissions office for how much it is Per semester, uh, and then what what's included in that, and take that out, and then just divide that over the course of a, a semester or four months, and that's going to be your monthly cost for that. Okay. And and yes, I don't think it's really um, in, it's important to completely stay away from student loans if you can. Yes, and hallelujah, do it. Um, but for the value of having a college degree, the cost of the loan is uh, the the long-term cost of the loan is going to be very much worth it for you. What I do want you to do is consider exactly how much you would take out in your student loans. So they might offer you $10,000 worth of student loans, please don't take out $10,000 worth of student loans if you only need two. Because yes, you yes. can take out the 10, go buy you a car, get you some new mm-hmm. digs, you looking and don't nobody care. Just yeah. <laughs> roll up there however you need to and, nobody, and just get the degree for, you know, as little as you can in student loans. And the financial aid office is going to tell you the same thing. If you don't need it, Please don't take it out in student loans. Work on campus. Um, See if there are any grants or scholarships that are available. Anything you can so that um, you don't have to take out as many student
3: loans or as much
4: of an
3: amount. And some jobs have tuition reimbursement. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Um, Not that I want you to throw boxes, but I know (laughs) for a fact UPS has tuition reimbursement. There's many and yeah, there's yeah, and so you know look for things like that. And most of the time, Mm -hmm. once you pay that first semester by your on your own, Mm
2: -hmm. they
3: start to reimburse you. So you're always going to kind of be a semester behind. And so if you have enough money to get you through that first semester, they'll start reimbursing you. And then when you graduate, you get that last check that kind of covers that first money you put in. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so. and basically, I mean, you could, you could, there's ways to go to school if you don't want to go to school in debt. But like my wife said, um, student loans are not evil, <laughs> but you have to know your limits, only take out what you really need, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the thing about that, and I'm going to throw this in, this is a brandism. You know, I, you know, I went to a state college. Um, I got my master's degree from a private college, but I paid cash. But mm-hmm. private schools, you know, unless you go into to Harvard or Yale or something like that, a college is a college is a college. Get your degree because half the people ain't going to care where you graduated from, but that mm-hmm. you have a degree in whatever that major was. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I just tell people don't chase these designer degrees at private schools because you're paying a premium for the same degree you can get at a state college, you know. That's Man, my little sure.
5: tidbit on that. Because <laughs> my sister goes to a, a private school and she is paying a whole bunch. And that's kind of <laughs> what well, made me, that's why I'm going to community college. I was like, mm mm, I can't do that. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. The return on investment is not so different for um, having graduated from a private school as having graduated from a public four year institution. Um, my personal view. And I, I would use this for my children and my grandchildren. Unless you are getting a scholarship, I'm not paying for it. So it's, yeah. it's Cause you sit in the cubicle at your job after you graduate next to, you know, you got your four-year person and you got your private school person, I mean public person and your private school person. They're making the same amount. So what was the benefit, really? Mm-hmm. Well, some, sometimes there is a benefit if it's faith-based or something like that. But if you're just looking at dollar for dollar um, post-graduation, eesh. some would argue with me,
5: though. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. I really enjoyed talking uh-huh. you. Yeah. So to you. You're so smart
4: to call in and ask that. Thank you.
5: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah that that was that was awesome. That was awesome. Now we're gonna get ready to wrap up in a couple minutes. Um, are there any principles that you all want to share that uh, that may not have been addressed? To really, just kind of make a person understand the importance of um, mastering their money.
3: Yeah, we, we have this acronym that we, that we show people, and it's a real, real kind of catchy, and it's kind of easy to grab a hold of. And we call it the DIMES method of handling your finances, D-I-M-E-S. And uh, we use that based on a literal dime, uh, that, that smallest coin that can fit in your hand, but based on the size and weight is the most valuable coin that you can carry, and it has a lot of impact for its size. And so we have these five little steps that people can follow that will help them kind of get a hold of their finances, and we can run through them pretty quick for you. But the D is determine who you are and determine where you stand financially. So are you a giver, saver, or spender? Um, Kind of figure out who you are personality-wise as it relates to money. And own it, whatever it is, own it. And the other D is a double D on that. The other D is determine where you stand financially. And how you do that, you write down the amount of everything you own. You write down the amount of everything you owe somebody. You subtract the two numbers. If it's positive or negative, that's your net worth. That's where you stand financially. And you wouldn't imagine how many people don't even know that where they physically stand financially. Um, so figure that out. Um, and the next one is I, invest in yourself, and that's budgeting and saving. And that literally means that. you got to budget what you spend, and you got to save some for the rainy days. Uh, excuse me, M, manage your debt, which we also call eliminate your debt, get this stuff paid off eliminate some of that recurring debt out of your life you know the high dollar cell phone and the high dollar cable you got to manage your debt you got to got to eliminate that debt out of your life e expect a better future and this might not relate as much to the, to the last young lady that called that's fresh out of high school but it's something that she needs to think about in the long run is establishing your legacy your financial legacy because what are you going to leave behind for those that follow you financially? And um, insurance and wills. you got to think about that kind of stuff. And then finally, S, stewardship, not ownership. Because we got to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. It all belongs to God. We don't own anything. We're just managers of the resources that he owns. And when you know your position, it's easier to function with this money stuff. If it's not yours, it's easier to give it, to save it, to spend it, because you know the person that's providing it all can help provide more for you if you manage what you have well. Um, so that's that's the dimes method. And we march people through that, you know, in a more elaborate way, obviously, more than just me talking straight through them. But those those are some good keys to try to follow to kind of get a a foothold on your finances and start to master them.
1: I like that. I like that. And
3: I will say this.
1: Before we get ready to wrap up, are you all on social media? And also, I do want to say this for those who are listening, even for those who didn't ask questions, they not only are financial experts experts, but they also are authors. They have some books they've written. And uh, if you don't mind sharing with the viewers and listeners a little bit about your book and also how to get in contact with you on social media.
3: Okay. I'll let ladies first. Let my wife talk about her (laughs) book first since the the young ladies called in. I have to do all All my talking until somebody asks a question because only ladies call in and ask questions. Yeah.
4: I am so excited uh, that God gave me the um, word to put in, in the book. It's called Purses, Pearls, and Pumps, Straight Talk About Women and Finances. And it really is a how-to guide of sort of where women are with their finances in this country, all of us, and how do we get there. And then after we discover where we are and how we got there, we discover some ways to Change our financial outlook for the future, and it doesn't matter where you are in life or what your financial picture looks like. This book really speaks to women. I love having women participate in um, the book um, book reviews and, and book chats, and you know, I'll even come in and do a little chat about the book um, for those that are interested in their book clubs, and uh, it's just really fun easy read and some really really good tips on how to eliminate debt and stay out of debt and build a great future
3: yeah and uh, my book is called men get real with your finances it takes more than money to win and it talks about the spiritual deficiencies that actually cause financial deficiencies and my book is pretty much the same book as my wife's book but from a male point of view so, obviously, my book is a little bit shorter because, you know, we have fewer words. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, but it speaks to men and the things that we deal with as, as it relates to finances. And it pretty much marches us through the process um, of how to get right. First, it tells you what's wrong with you. Then it tells you how to fix those things. And so, yeah, but it's, both books are very practical and straightforward and kind of gives a, a more in-depth version of what, what we now call the dimes method. So it goes a little bit deeper than that. And uh, it just kind of gives you, you know, the Roman's road, so to speak, of uh, financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Our social now, are media. are well, great.
4: Well, we have our social media for the uh, financial empowerment. We can be found at yourpersonaleconomy.com, ypeconomy.com. And Brad can give us our um, Twitter and Facebook pages.
3: Yeah, on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we're, we're fairly active in our Facebook page right now. We have a have a closed Facebook group, which you can uh, join. Uh, no fee or anything, just kind of jump in with us. But our Facebook group is called Master Your Money. And there may be some other Facebook groups with a similar name, but if you look for Master Your Money and you see our face, oh, you don't know what our faces look like. <laughs> But if you see uh, this little, this handsome couple, uh, and it has Brad but either Vincent on it, and uh, if you see, you know, a picture of people on it, that's ours. Uh, we also have a fan page on Facebook for your personal economy. If you want to go there and just uh, like that, and we give you tidbits on finances and things, and get access to our uh, financial forums and all the kind of things like that. On Twitter, we are YP Econ. Y-P-E-C-O-N, which is short for Y-P-Economy. I wanted to save some of those letters for when we tweet. Yeah, but uh, that's who we are on on, uh, on the social media right now. But jump in and join us on Facebook. Uh, leave a comment. Ask us questions there on either our fan page or the group page. The group page is a little bit more active because we start discussions there. And uh, we have a couple of, uh, well, several saved Facebook Live videos that we were doing over the past weeks that uh, you might also find uh, – Pretty helpful uh, on some subjects that we talked about tonight, and uh, several other topics like uh, couples and finances, kids and finances, uh, how to save for the holidays. So there's a lot of you know good information for you guys to jump in and get.
2: Awesome, awesome,
1: awesome. Well, I do thank you all for the nuggets that you all have given us, and also you all personal testimony. I really thank God for you all being such a young couple. And I will say this on a personal level: even my first time meeting you all, you all were so warm, so welcoming. To even just share with me y'all's testimony, but also what y'all share with me, y'all share me that helped me to become more empowered. Y'all gave me. I I, I remember being at. Um, I was asking my brother to uh, book signing, and just the conversation that we had, it really helped me, not just with the finance, but just as a man, and as a man of God. So I want to thank both of you all. That really meant a lot to me, and so when I I was looking to have you all on the show, I've been looking forward to this, because I knew that, you all are not just going to be a blessing to myself, but even those who had listened and those who will be listening. So just in case those who may be getting a recorded version of this episode, if you looking for Mr. Bradley Vincent and Miss Bonita Vincent, if you can't find them on social media, feel free to contact me. I will make sure to link you all up with them.
3: <laughs> and we appreciate you for who you are, man. You definitely have a heart for the people and a uh, man of God. And, you know, when we first met, you know, I always tell people, spirit speaks to spirit, you know. So when I met you that day, man, we sat at the table and just had a good conversation, man. So it, it, was, it was really cool. And definitely appreciate you uh, considering us to, Give us access to your audience, man, because I mean that means a lot to us that um, you would allow us to serve your audience. So we're really blessed by that, and we appreciate it. Well, thank you, thank you. You
1: know, I, I will say this: um, I trust you all, and you all have, more importantly, you all have proven yourselves. Um, so even just piggybacking, even on the videos that you mentioned earlier. I would advise you all, please look up those videos. Um, they are on Facebook. Now, are they on
3: YouTube also? No, uh, we have some on YouTube. We actually do have a YouTube channel, and uh, it is also called uh, YP Economy or Your Personal Economy. So you can find it. I don't know why I never think of YouTube. Because maybe because so many people are on Facebook. I don't. I keep forgetting it. We do have a YouTube channel. Yeah, but we're on YouTube also as uh, Your Personal Economy. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out there. And uh, most of the videos are in both places, but we might have, you know, a few on YouTube that are not on Facebook and vice versa. So, yeah, please check us out there too.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I'm not sisterly eager, Ebert, but I do give this couple in their ministry and their books <laughs> two thumbs up. So if you don't mind um, – Normally, what I like to do, I like to end the episode with a word of prayer. And if you don't mind um, just gracing us with prayer at this time,
3: yes, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and worship you, God, through just giving knowledge that you have given to us in the area of finances, God, and allowing us to help your people use your resources your way. We ask that all those that are in and earshot of this program be blessed tonight and have a peace that there is a way to be better with their money, God. There is a way to be better with their finances. And we ask a special blessing upon them, God, just to help them move forward and take the first step into doing things that are in your favor. We ask a blessing over all the people. We ask a blessing over this program and over the host, Brother Prater, that you continue to bless this show, that it continues to bless people and serve people in the local community and even globally, God. And we ask a special blessing just over your people in general, God. A lot of people are hurting financially. And please let this be a resource just for the hurting, uh, that they have a place to come to, God, that can hear a good word that's going to give them hope and give them steps that they can take to live a victorious life. And these are many other things. We ask your blessing and keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 amen.
1: I thank each and one who tuned in. Like I said, once again, I thank Mr. Bradley Benson and Miss Bonita Benson. Thank you all for your time, your love, your words. And um, also tell the kids I apologize for holding mom and daddy hostage, but um, <laughs> it was needed. <laughs> it was needed. And I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in. And also, I will say this. If you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you all, please tune in next week. We will also have Mr. Bradley Benson to come back next week. And we're going to talk about, especially during the holiday season, grief. It's a lot of people that are hurting. And so just give you a little foretaste of what we'll be speaking about next week. And we will have Mr. Benson on Next week, along with speaking about his book pertaining to grief. So please tune in. And I want to thank each and every one who listens to the show. I ask you all to keep each other in your thoughts and prayers. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you and good
2: night.